Hey, uh, we have a, a, a guest speaker who hails from Dallas, Texas. Now, he's not a guest. He's, uh, he's family. This is uh, Ken Furlow. Why don't you come on up, man? So Ken is one of the elders in our church, and if you guys uh, remember, we're in a series called Devoted. And um, in, in that Acts 2 portion of Scripture, we see uh, one of the things that the, the, the early church was devoted to was prayer. And so if I know one thing about this man is uh, he is a prayer warrior. And uh, as I was looking at the series and uh, seeing who, who would be able to bring uh, the different preaches on that series, uh, this, this was a no-brainer for me. So uh, Ken Furlow. Uh, take it away, my bro. We love you. Go for it. Yeah. Are you on? Thank you, Jody. Thank you. What a privilege to be here this morning. Hey, just, you know what? Just want to say this. The Church of Indiana just heard about why you were here and just, and just the story that I was hearing all of you up here. I mean, it's just totally amazing. It's amazing why you're out here, and I just believe God is going to really bless you guys. And just going to pour out his spirit on you in such a way that you are not only going to be a blessing into this region, this community, but you're also taking something, a huge deposit back with you as well. And that deposit is also for your region as well, too. And I just believe as God continues to use you and use you mightily and your young people as well, too, you're going to see things around you that may have been dried, become cultivated. The, The renewing of the spirit will fall upon it. And you're going to see a river, amen, a river in a desert place. A river in a desert place. A river in a desert place, right? Amen. That's the Spirit of God, a river in a desert place. Thank you, Jesus, for this, for this church, for this church family here, Lord. What a blessing they are. Just thank you, Father, for their faithfulness, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for each one, Lord, and their children, Lord, and young people, Lord. This, uh, the act of obedience. I want us to even take heart to that, what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You know what? While I was just diving this morning into the scriptures, I just want to just mention this, and I want to talk to you about uh, healing, just right quick, healing and forgiveness. And I want to just mention it to you in this area because Acts really penetrates the heart of many of what we um, see in our day, but especially then also, and it's still relevant today, and that's, and that's uh, a multicultural church, a diverse church. Yeah. And when we see a diverse church and we see it birth, it's, it, and you see that church and you see it in a community where it is predominantly one uh, particular group of people, a race of people, but God is doing something where there's a church being birthed, a multicultural, diverse church, it doesn't matter what community it's in. And it's not weird. It's not unusual. It's normal. It's normal, right? In my own personal family, uh, this is dating back into slavery. Touching to me. Has family members that were they came out of slavery. And they, and, and they actually followed their masters from the state of Tennessee into Texas. And they settled in a region um, known as Valley Mills, which is right outside the Waco area. And as they settled there, um, 
one of, there was some of our family members that were actually uh, really involved in, in ministry back in Tennessee. So actually what they did, they, fir- they planted the first Presbyterian church in that region. Amen? As a result of that, there were many people who came to salvation. That church celebrated, I believe, 150 years, its anniversary. And they asked my uncle, as a pastor also, to come back and be the guest speaker. It has to people be the guest speaker. It's powerful in this. My grandmother was alive at the time. And she was able to be there and witness it. All of her family, her sons, her daughters, her grandkids, Great-grandkids, great-great-grandkids being able to be present. And I just want to say this, the healing power of God begins to restore things around you. And we live in a time right now in our nation where there's a, a temperature on this thing of race and discrimination, and it has turned up pretty high right now. And I just want to tell you that the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. And if for anyone, if you buy into those, those streams of discrimination and race, I'm telling you right now, we are paralyzing ourselves in the life of the church. We have to make it about Jesus, no matter what, through and through, and that Jesus is on the throne, and Jesus is breaking mindsets, and he broke it right here in the book of Acts. And with that, I want to just dive into devoted to prayer. Amen? Amen. So we're going to turn to Acts 2.42. Acts 2.42. Acts 2.42. Now the scripture just, just simply says this. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Now, when you think about what transpired in the book of Acts in the very beginning, we see that a church is coming alive, but there's, there's this day of Pentecost that takes place, and there's, rep, there's nations representing that day that are speaking various languages in, in their own native languages, right? But we see where the Spirit of God comes upon um, the apostles, well, the disciples at the time, um, Peter and the eleven stood up, and then by the power of the Holy Spirit, they began to speak in these languages as a spirit allowed to um, be able to, through the ability and the boldness and the confidence of the Holy Spirit, to translate languages. It's a little bit different than what we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the gift of speaking in tongues. This is the power of the Spirit of God coming upon people and speaking right in their languages, meeting them right where they are. 
understand what that is profound to me. That is profound to me. Because when we see the birthing of this early church, we, we see a church that, that is still, with the 3,000 being added, still speaking uh, uh, in their native languages, right? So that means that, what, the apostles and, and those who were able to bring the good news about Jesus to them had to still be speaking in those languages as well, too. That it didn't stop from the moment uh, Pentecost took place. Because this, only t this, this portion of Scripture is really just within, at the very most, within an hour, two hours, within the same day. Because the Bible says that day, that day. And so we see this, this revelation by the, by the apostles that began to minister and move in the Spirit in such a way where it begins to participate in these acts of, in these acts of service, of worship. And I just want to kind of bring a little bit of light to what those, those uh, services were. So we see uh, the apostles teaching the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and the prayer. These are known as um, the four pillars of worship. The four pillars of worship. The pillars of worship were vital in the birthing of the early church. The pillars are the roadmap to new converts in the life of the faith, and also serve as a guide for mature believers, for us as well too, right? To help disciple new converts to maturity and become mature believers themselves. If you just remember what Hebrews 6 has to say, it tells us this, Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward, be taken forward into maturity. Forward, so the, the believers responsibility, new converts to be taken into maturity, to grow, right? But at the same time, there's a, re there's a reciprocation. The believer, the mature believer, has a responsibility as well, too, to participate in these elements, these activities. Amen? Does that make sense? All right. So we understand that those who were present in the early church, uh, the 120, which represented those that were praying on the behalf of the Holy Spirit coming, right? And the 3,000. So Acts 2, 9, 11 tells us, as I mentioned, there were many nations and languages representing that day, right? And so Acts 2, 47 says something else took place that the Lord added to their number daily. The Lord added to their number daily. So let's define something. I want to put some handles to something. What is our worship? What is our worship? Because I, I think in the church what we often consider worship is actually what our worship team on the stage is pouring, you know, pouring out of their spirit, but we also don't understand there's a reciprocation process. Yeah. See, our worship before the Lord is not just we receive. We receive, but we participate in our worship. So our worship looks like this. Praise and worship is a form of worship, right? Devotion, reading scripture, it's a form of worship. Reading your words, being studied, to show yourself studied to be approved, that is a form of worship. Preaching, teaching, it's a form of worship, right? Get this, tithing is a form of worship, right? Generosity is a form of worship. Being generous, being hospitable, opening up your homes, having fellowship is a form of worship. 
See, when we have fellowship with one another, Jody mentioned about it last week, the word koinonia, right? I love that word because we are participating. We are participants in this together. And as we participate, amen, in the breaking of bread, fellowship, doing life with one another, but also we get to have what you call that one-on-one or that family time with one another where we begin to talk about life. There's another reciprocation involved. Give you an example. If, you, if my wife and I invite you into our home and we begin to have this fellowship time with one another, and if any of you begin to tell my wife and I about a situation in your family, and then if we merely just leave you with this point right here, well, we hope that works out for you. We're not participating in the worship. We're not, we're not being participants. But if our response is this, you begin to share with us what is taking place in your life, and we say, hey, you know what? We want to pray with you right now and pray with your family. Now, I can tell you this, honestly, who's really good about doing this is Jody Romero. Because if you tell Jody something is taking place in your life, Jody will, will listen to you and then, to, and then ask you, can I pray for you? That's the mark of participating in the act of worship in this area. Amen? Breaking the bread is a form of worship. Obedience, obeying God's word is another form of worship. Amen? Obedience. Obedience to who? Obedient to God. Doing the things that God is telling you to do. That's obedience. That is a form of worship. Surrendering is a form of worship. More of Jesus. More of Jesus. More of Jesus. More of Jesus. Less of ourselves. Less of ourselves. Less of ourselves. Our schedules, our times tend to occupy our worship with the Lord when we need to lay that down before him so we can, come, we can be the spiritual beings that God has called us to be on the earth. Participants used by the kingdom of God to advance the kingdom violently by force. Amen? Prayer is a form of worship, right? Prayer is a form of worship. We have corporate prayer time on Sunday mornings. And I want to extend this to everyone to come out and come ready, be prayed up, but come ready. I think what happens often in the church, there's a, I don't know the exact percentage, but there's a percentage of the folks in the body of Christ that come to church wanting to be blessed. Hear what I'm saying? Feed me, receive me. I want to be fed, I want to be, I want to be blessed, and actually we are to come and to participate. We're to come with it. We're to, we're, we're to bring what God has given us the ability to do. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Just want to read this quote for you out of this book that I enjoy reading. It's called The Spiritfield uh, Believer's Handbook. And the author is Derek Prince, and he says this, In regular services of most Christian churches today, Almost all the real initiative and activity are confined just to a few individuals. The congregation may take part in certain prearranged activities 
such as the singing of hymns, worship from a book, or a repetition of fixed prayers or responses. There also may be within the main congregation one or two smaller, especially trained groups, such as the worship team uh, and some other uh, form of uh, worshiping as well, too. But apart from all of this, real initiative and activity are left in the hands of one or two individuals while most of the rest of the congregation remains passive. Did you get that? So it's just saying that in our, in our worship time, in our service, there's a percentage of folks who come to church and then they're just not willing participants. But it, it also explains that there's a passiveness when you come and you're not ready in the Lord. So if you come, you have to come with the Spirit of God in you, filling you, right? That God is, is giving you gifts. He's giving the church gifts. And if we're not displaying those gifts, we're not demonstrating those gifts, then we're actually what we are are spiritual hoarders. We're spiritual hoarders. And if you know what a hoarder is, but if you know what a spiritual hoarder is, a spiritual hoarder, that means you just keep everything to yourself. When actually we're to be a fountain, man. We're, we're to be that river that flows that flows freely. We flow, right? Amen? So we see a model very early on, a model of corporate prayer in the early church. If we can just turn to Acts 1.14. And Acts 1.14 tells us, they all join together. Constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. I find this so fascinating because it, just to break down uh, any thinking about who can receive the Holy Spirit, it tells us that Mary, the mother of Jesus, who gave birth to Jesus, also was filled with the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing to think that? That's awesome, huh? That Mary, the mother of Jesus, who conceived Jesus, also gave birth to the word of God, also was participating in the birth of the early church, being devoted to prayer. And it tells us also, we got to look into the scriptures in this, we have to understand something. There wasn't any significant gifting in this particular time or the infilling of the power of the Holy Spirit in this particular time, no significant anointing on the 11. There wasn't any significant anointing on them, meaning they didn't really move necessarily in any type of spiritual gifts of healing, those sorts of things. But what it does tell us that they were diligent and they were obedient. They were faithful. They were faithful. Now, we see in John chapter 20, verse 21, Jesus blew the Holy Spirit on the disciples, but they, they did not function in power. They didn't function in power. And we see examples, and I want us to take a look at this. We're going to see examples of devotion to prayer in the early church, just out of this thing, out of an act of faithfulness. Because obedience and faithfulness to God's word 
as I mentioned before, is a form of worship. Amen? So Acts 1, verse 23 through 26 says this. So they nominated two men, Joseph called Barnabas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. And then they prayed, Lord, know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two have, have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry. Then verse 26 says this. Then they cast lots, and the lot fell on Matthias, so he was added to the 11 apostles. Isn't that amazing to think they were still participated in Jewish rituals by casting lots and prayer to identify who the next leader in the church would be? But the, the thing I want us to understand, they prayed. They earnestly prayed. They eagerly prayed. Let me tell you something. When your leader, when your leader is taken from you, which Jesus was their leader. I don't know about you, but I, I would be so desperate to hear what God is saying. I want to hear the move of God. I want to hear. I want, I want to go before the Lord, and I might be as empty as they were in this particular time of the scriptures, but I want to know who the Lord, I want to know that I know that I can repeat what Jesus has said in his word. Jesus says this in Luke 11. He says that when Jesus Jesus went off to pray, right? And he finished praying. What did the disciples ask him in Luke? Teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. Scripture doesn't tell us that the disciples asked, Lord, show us how to perform miracles. Lord, show us how to walk on water. It doesn't tell us that. It doesn't say, Lord, will you show us how to cast out demons, heal the sick, and raise the dead. Teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. Now, wouldn't you think that one of the questions or maybe one of the th things you may or myself included will want to know, Lord, how do you heal the sick? But you see, that draws more fanfare than teach me how to pray. You see, teach me how to pray is, that, that takes on a different light because that's you and I going before the Father and the Father having a divine relationship with us and we having a divine relationship with him, being one with the Father. See, your intimacy with the Father is what allows the, the manifestation of the Spirit to begin to move in your life for a long time with God. I can firmly believe that in the life of the individual believer. If you want to begin to see God move in your life, then I want to challenge you to begin to develop your prayer life. Because if your prayer life is not developed, and if you're still a babe in Christ, meaning you've been tossed to and fro in your prayer life, what begins to happen, the believer then begins to be actually insufficient. So when we're insufficient meaning we're empty, we have absolutely nothing to offer. So if any of you like sports, which I do, I like all sports, but I'm going to use this analogy of baseball, and, and I'm going to use it this way, that the devil has the bat, right? You're the pitcher. Your prayers are going up as you're pitching. Your, your prayers are actually the ball being going up into heaven. And as, as your prayer life is not being developed in God, what the enemy is doing is taking, pop, and he's taking your prayers and he's smashing them out the park. And that's what happens when our prayer life isn't developed in the Lord, when we don't have that time with Jesus where we're being alone with him. See, intimacy requires you 
to be alone with Jesus. Amen? What tends to happen? Things come up. I got to pick the kids up, right? Or I get an emergency call from school to pick the kids up. Something's burning on the stove. Right? Someone knocks on the door, you get a phone call at the time you want to pray. And then what takes place? Distraction. Distraction. What did Jesus say to the disciples after he returned from praying in the garden? Can't you just stay awake for a little while? Can't you just stay awake? Can't we just stay awake for a little while? Can't we just hear what God is saying? Can we hear him? Can we give him that time? Can we just allow ourselves to be still in the Lord? I think that's probably one of the the, one of the largest struggles right now in the church is being able to give God that time. It's a wrestle. It's flesh. It's warfare. It's warfare. The enemy doesn't want you to go into that playground. It's warfare. Amen? Mm. So key words in this text out of Acts 1.14. And I just wanted to get us a handle on about corporate prayer. It says this. Constantly, constantly in prayer takes on the same meaning. Constantly in prayer takes on the same meaning as being devoted. As being devoted. This is simply saying that the 120 in the upper room committed themselves steadfastly with single purpose in mind to accomplish a certain action. Amen? To accomplish a certain action. What does Isaiah 55 tell us? That my word will not return void or empty, but it will set out to accomplish what I've purposed it, what I've intended, to, intended it to do. The word did not return void because that day of Pentecost that took place, where Scripture tells us if the, the Holy Spirit fell on the 11, amen? On the 12, I'm sorry. Believe in the promise. Believe in the promise. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, wait for the gift. Wait for the gift. What does waiting look like? It's my question. What does waiting look like? Waiting with expectation is what waiting looks like. So waiting doesn't look like this. I sit and I wait. I'm waiting on the Lord. Ah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Waiting patiently on the Lord is this. If you and I were in that upper room, I just want you to get a picture of that, being in that upper room. Father, we are empty. But we ask you for the gift as you promised. Lord, we look at the scriptures, and the scripture tells us that the, the prophets of old spoke about this day, this time, this event. And Lord, we want to be used mightily by you. And we ask you, Lord, that you release the gift that you promised to us. And I just imagine that there was singing and rejoicing taking place. 
but then there was also some of those in that room that wanted to get out and leave. I'm, I'm only just imagining. But it said, wait. Within an hour, it didn't come. Father, we still, we just come back, and we just want to, just, Lord, what your word has to say, you know, just, they didn't have the scriptures, but they had the teachings of Jesus. Just, Lord, what you said about the, the Spirit of God coming, about the Holy Spirit coming. And so all they had was to hang on were the scriptures from the Old Testament that Jesus taught them. So as they continue to wait patiently, and the Bible tells us that as it hit, they were able, right there in Acts 2.14, we see a display of the Holy Spirit right there demonstrated on Pentecost. Waiting patiently by prayer. Reading the word of God. And through praise and worship, waiting patiently on the Lord. Those examples, waiting patiently on the Lord. How to develop a culture of prayer as a form of worship. Every believer baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. Every believer participates in the worship service. Every believer has a call and a gifting on their lives. Every believer exercising that call and that gifting. We are the church. We are the church. Exercise gifting and calling in order to be a blessing to the church and to one another. That's your assignment. We are to be a blessing upon the church and to the church and be a gift. Amen? Amen. Hey, at this time, this is what I want to do. I want us to demonstrate this thing of prayer. And I want to ask if there's anyone in here that is sick. Your body is, you, you're just under the weather, whether it's a cold, a fever, whatever it may be. The Bible tells us that Peter healed, uh, Peter healed his own mother-in-law of a fever, right? I'm sorry, Jesus healed Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law of a fever, and he also raised Lazarus from the dead. So just think about that. Two opposite ends of the spectrum there, right? And not thinking, but it's not to, to God. So I'm going to ask you, if you need healing in the morning, uh, this morning in the area of your body, I'm going to ask you to please stand. Amen. 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 Good. And now I want to ask this question as well. If there's anyone in here that desires to know who they are, the gifted and calling upon your life, I'm going to ask you to stand up. Amen. 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 I want to ask this. Is there anyone today this is the real important question that needs to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Okay, good. Now, this is what I want to do. I'm going to ask that we begin to, everyone in here, find someone to pray for and lay hands on them. And then you pray out loud for that person. You pray out loud. The Bible also tells us that 
that the elders, that if you're sick, come to the elders with prayer, right? Those who stood up, I'm going to ask if you'll allow the elders to, to, to just put oil on you. Just the oil itself is not the Holy Spirit, but it's symbolic of this. It's in symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And the love, the joy, the peace of God ushered in right where you are to break through in that area of your life. Let the elders lay hands on you if you're willing, please. So if I can have folks over here, this side, begin to lay hands on Francisco. This side, right over here. Can we have some music in the back, please? Thank you. Full participation, right? That's what we talked about, full participation. Full participation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Full participation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Full participation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your spirit, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you, are, that you heal today. You're the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. Thank you, Lord, that the gifts of the spirit didn't die with the apostles, Lord, that you still heal today in our day, that the gifts of the Spirit are still alive, Lord. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just thank you for your word. It simply says that, that those that lay hands on the sick, Lord, they shall recover, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Laying, laying hands on the sick, Lord. Expectation in prayer, Lord. Believing in healing. Full participation from the body, Lord. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your spirit, my Lord God. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the gift. Thank you for your gift, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. The move of you. Thank you, Lord. Holy God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Lord, for your healing power, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Hey, I want to ask this in closing. If you want, if you want to come down front, and if any of you just want to come and just talk to any of the leaders, I want to encourage you to come down. Come down front. If you if you have something on your heart, maybe it wasn't mentioned in that time uh, that I that I mentioned a prayer request for it. But I want to ask you to come down front. If there's some areas, if there's some things you want to explain to you, I'm, I'm just going to ask that you just get clarification. And also, if you just want to have something more personal where you want to be able to talk, I'm going to ask you to come down as well. Thank you. God bless you all. Just want to pray in closing. Lord, we do thank you for everyone here, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that you are you are holy, Lord. You are seated on the throne, Lord. You are high. You are lifted up, Lord. You are high and lifted up and full of glory, Lord. And we do just thank you, Lord, for the fact that we get to be participants, Lord, in, in distributing your word, Lord, that it may go forth, Lord. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Wonderful. Let's give Jesus praise this morning. Uh, one thing that um, we believe in is, is Jesus' style of teaching was he taught and then he demonstrated. And, uh, and this is just a small w way of us trying to do the same is, is, is as we teach, we demonstrate. And so the priesthood of all believers means you have complete access to God as much as any pastor, preacher, teacher, evangelist, uh, apostle extraordinaire, you have just as much access to God. And when when we call people to pray, um, you know, there is portions of scriptures that say, hey, call the elders and let them anoint you with oil so you will be healed. Uh, but we, you have to know that beyond that, you still have full access uh, to pray for healing and watch people healed in Jesus' name. Uh, you are a son and daughter of God and God has bestowed this authority in the name of Jesus to claim healing to to uh, set people free to uh, raise the dead and uh, if, if 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 we uh, don't believe this then we actually have to get back to scripture and say Lord how does this work today uh, because I'm telling you we're still in the Holy Spirit age and Jesus has not returned yet and we're still living in the same promises that have been given to us in the New Testament uh, that we need to stand firm on. And so us saying, hey, guys, we want you to pray uh, is, is, is to activate you and let you know that you have authority to do this at home. You have authority to do this on the streets. You have authority to do this in your schools and in your workplace. Um, and when, when you step out in faith, I'm telling you, you begin to see Jesus do some amazing things. Uh, when the Holy Spirit prompts you to do things when you're in line at Walmart, when the Holy Spirit prompts you to do things in the most uncomfortable situations, when you step out in faith, I'm telling you, you'll see God do some extraordinary things. Uh, and so we, we want you to be activated in that, um, not only in the giftings, but in this devotion to prayer. In this devotion to prayer. Prayer is communication between us 
and our Father. And if we say we have a relationship with God the Father, and yet we don't talk, what kind of relationship is that? You can say, you know, I have a relationship with my wife or my husband, but you never speak. I'm telling you, that's a pretty cold relationship. And listen, and if, if let's say you do pray, but you pray the same thing every time you see him. Thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you for my food. Let me sleep. Let me, let me have a good night's rest and peaceful dreams. Amen. That's the same thing we say every day. What kind of relationship is that? I mean, do that to someone you love in your, in your life. You just say the same thing every day. I wake up, Vanessa. Hi, babe. I love you. See you later. Good night. I mean, I know I'm being funny, but I'm just saying we, we need to be intimate. We need to express the deepest parts of our heart to the Lord and allow him to speak into the deepest parts of our, of, of our life. So praying is also listening. It's saying, Lord, I want to hear you. And just be quiet and allow him to just speak over you. And so thank you, Ken. Good job, bro. Um,